Welcome to the Faith and Culture Now podcast. I'm Scott Schiffer, and today I'm joined by Dr. Christine Jones. So, Christine, great to have you here. Thanks. Great to be here. So today we're going to be talking about uh, the idea of Christian celebrities or celebrities becoming Christians, and then Christians sort of taking that and running with it. And uh, this has come about, uh, sort of been brought to my attention uh, in the fact that the new Jeffrey Dahmer series is on Netflix. And the series does deal with the fact that he was told to go to church by his grandmother. He said he hated God. He tried to build an altar to the devil. Um, and he was working on, I think, building an altar to the devil out of human bones when he was arrested. Uh, but after he was in prison, uh, he began thinking about the idea of salvation and um, was apparently baptized and was going to Bible studies in prison. And there were a couple of attempts made on his life, um, and he ended up being beaten to death uh, in prison after he was baptized. But some Christians are now uh, making comments on social media like, uh, you know, if God can save Jeffrey Dahmer, what can he do for you? And that kind of stuff, mm -hmm. which is, I mean, you know, I want everybody to be saved. So, uh, you know, I want anybody to come to salvation, you know, and uh, Jeffrey Dahmer included. but. Um, you also see Christians making t-shirts about Dahmer being a Christian and selling that. And what? that's profiting off of what this guy did uh, that sort of made him famous. I mean, he's not like your average celebrity who, you know, becomes a Christian because he just found God. I mean, you know, it's not like an actor becoming a Christian or a musician becoming a Christian. This is a serial killer becoming a Christian. And um uh, I, I think there's there's something wrong with that, and my initial problem is that it takes the focus off of Christ and places it on a person other than Christ, even if you're trying to use them to point people to mm -hmm. Christ. And mm -hmm. perhaps you have good intentions, but those good intentions are not always, um, I guess, if you will, perceived or recognized, especially by those outside the church. Uh, when you do that kind of stuff. So um, it wow. it reminds me of, so Christine, I don't take you as a big wrestling fan. Now, maybe <laughs> I have you wrong. <laughs> no, no. The extent of my wrestling knowledge is the Netflix show Glow about female wrestlers. So that's uh, it. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so um, there was a wrestler back in the late 80s, early 90s named Jake the Snake. Okay. And uh, people love Jake the Snake. He was kind of a villain, you know, and oftentimes he would carry a python around his neck out to the ring to fight. Anyway, uh, the guy had a lot of issues with drugs and other things. And in the early 90s, he became a Christian. And he got so frustrated with evangelical churches because they would hire him to come and speak at their youth events mm. and things like that, which is fine. He was glad to go speak about Christ, but he began to realize these people are trying to use me as a product and an, as a commodity yes. to draw people to Christ. And he felt like they didn't really care about him. They cared about the fact that he was famous mm -hmm. and through his fame, they could use that as potentially a ministry tool, but he felt very used. And um, obviously Dahmer, who's dead, doesn't have any feelings about what's being done with, you know, his name because he's not here to speak about it. But I have a tendency in, I guess, from my perspective to think 
in the same way, he's being used as a commodity. Even if mm -hmm. some people have good intentions, I wouldn't assume that everyone has good intentions, but I wouldn't assume everyone has ill intentions either. Um, but he's being used as a commodity uh, for the gospel. Mm -hmm. And I just don't know about the appropriateness of that. So uh, what are some uh, of your opening oh, thoughts here? Golly, <laughs> there's, so, there's so much to unpack here. And the truth is, I just, I, I haven't watched the new Dahmer show. I I've never gone very far into his story until we started thinking about this podcast. And, um, you know, I, I, I agree with you. I, I want all people to be saved. I, I'm a big believer in grace and I, I understand where some people are coming from who, I mean, I think there's some quote, from someone who said that if Dahmer is in heaven, then I don't want to go there. And I get why someone would say that, but I also understand the need for um, just the radical grace of God. Um, and so, but, you know, we're not really talking about that today, but I feel like I have to at least mention it. I don't want to close the door on anybody who might be coming to salvation, right? Of course not. Right. But what's interesting about this discussion is, so as I was kind of doing some research for this, I came across some people who went back through some other biographies of Dahmer and went deeper into his history. And they were saying, look, yeah, he was raised in the church and men, and some people believe that it was because of the messaging he received in church around homosexuality and around some other issues that he, um, that really kind of fueled some of the his behaviors that led to his serial killing because of this kind of deep self-hatred around his sexuality and the need to hide it and all this other stuff. So I feel like Christians might want to be careful before they get too excited about claiming Jeffrey Dahmer as one of their own because you start to go down that path and it leads to some troubling implications, at least for the kind of faith he was raised with. I can't speak to what happened in the jailhouse. None of us can really. And I hope that for his sake, it was a true conversion and there was something about that experience that was different from perhaps his experience of faith before. I hope that th that there was just a, a genuine um, experience of grace and a change, a change in him. But I, I don't think it takes too much imagination to see the way some of the type of Christianity he was raised with might have contributed to some of his hatred and to some of his destructive behaviors. So I, <laughs> I don't know how useful it is for Christians to come in and be like, hey, yes, Dahmer was a Christian. He's one of us. And so then to your other point about using celebrities as this like commodity, I completely agree. We saw this happen with Kanye West as well when he had his conversion and started doing the the church services every week. We saw Christians coming out and really like trying to claim him. And it's as if these celebrities become pawns in the culture wars. And instead of getting to view them as real people with com a complex relationship um, to faith and to others, um, they just become these kind of chess pieces that uh, public Christians want to move in the the war to say, hey, Christianity is winning. 
And that's really dangerous because we can see now in light of Kanye's recent anti-Semitic remarks um, that this was not a person who was um, displaying a mature faith. Mm-hmm. And that if instead of jumping <laughs> to use these celebrities for our kind of power plays, if instead we treated them as real people who need real discipleship, then maybe we'd have a different outcome here. Right. So you know, yeah, I find it all troubling. If someone gets saved and they think, I want to become a pastor, you're not a Christian for two weeks and all of a sudden you get a church as a pastor. I mean, maybe that happens, but that shouldn't happen. Right. And that's sort of what happened with Kanye. Uh, mm-hmm. He's like, hey, I'm going to convert to Christianity. I'm going to do music. Well, great, but he's no theologian. He has no theological training. And to sort of champion him as someone who completely understands Christian faith and knows how to behave himself within the Christian faith or the realm of Christian faith, uh, you know, it, it's it's very misleading. And uh, mm-hmm. you, uh, yeah. oh, go ahead. I was just going to say that something similar happened to Bob Dylan back in the late 70s and 80s. And but the thing about Dylan is he was kind of used to um, getting co-opted by the causes that tried to uh, embrace him in each of the phases of his career. And so he would have none of it. He went through the three gospel albums and he said, I'm out of here. I'm not going to be I'm not going to be part of your agenda and so Mm -hmm. part of him part of dylan moving on artistically was also moving on away from those a group that would say hey we're going to box you in and this is and you're going to be our spokesperson because that's just not a thing dylan will stand for or historically that he would stand for so he he was able to kind of escape that and move along but we saw the same impulse with him when he um went through his gospel music period yeah no you're, you're absolutely right and I think there's something to be said for, you know, uh, obviously, you know, wanting, you know, to, to gravitate towards people who, you know, said, hey, I'm a Christian, but, um, you know, everybody is fallen. Everybody, you know, is a mixture of both good and bad characteristics, you know, nobody's perfect. And so, so everybody's going to have some issues. One person made a, made a tweet or something the other day saying something to the effect of like, Dahmer's in heaven, but Mother Teresa's not. And um, it's like, oh, oh, that's very tactless, you know, and Uh um, you also, you know, think about what Dahmer did. There's all these victims and these victims are interested in justice. So Uh you you mentioned the quote, you know, someone said, well, if Dahmer's there, I don't want to go there. That person's interested in justice. Uh And, you know, it's like, yeah, we want people to receive God's forgiveness. We do. But that doesn't negate that there are human consequences for actions. And sometimes those consequences are things like, well, this person became a Christian, but he still has to be locked up for the rest of his life, you know? Um, And it doesn't matter that he became a Christian. He did something wrong, whether Dom or anybody else, right? Uh, And, you know, that person has consequences to face Mm -hmm. because of that. Uh, and and I think that sometimes Christians are quick to forget about the consequences mm. and sort of move past the call for justice and to hop on over to the bandwagon of the forgiveness. And again, yeah. forgiveness is important. It's an, an integral, important aspect of the Christian faith. But um, when you make light of what someone has done, 
in light of their coming to faith, just so that you can sort of use their name to try to draw others to Christ or to, you know, whatever, celebrate this person mm -hmm. being a Christian. Um, it, it again seems kind of disingenuine. And to me, it, uh, it sort of opens the door for more criticism. Uh, you know, a big question that people ask all the time is, is Elvis in heaven? You know, because Elvis grew up in the church mm -hmm. and Elvis's favorite thing to sing were gospel songs and mm -hmm. hymns. But then he was also addicted to drugs and he cheated on his wife and he, you know, and the list goes on and on and on. And uh, clearly, uh, you know, Elvis had problems. Uh, but again, that's that becomes the problem with not only championing people as symbols of the Christian faith, but you're looking at Elvis and you're not looking at Christ. Yeah, that's a that's a great point um, <laughs> that we should be looking to Christ as the, the model um, and perfecter of our faith. I um, this conversation I, and my, my brain makes these connections and, you know, I studied Bob Dylan. And so I can't help but think about this Dylan song called With God on Our Side. And in that song, he basically gives a history of America and and various wars. And he each of the verses ends with this idea that God, that the people there claimed that God was on their side through each of these um, situations. And then he asks the question of Judas Iscariot, did Judas Iscariot have God on his side? And I, I'm thinking about this because something I read as I was investigating this uh, this situation of Dahmer's faith is that the guy who ended up attacking and killing him in prison claimed that God told him to do it. Mm -hmm. um, I, and I don't know how true that is, but it's just something I read. And so I, I can't help but think that this impulse that we have to claim celebrities for the side of Christianity is really similar to the impulse to claim God for a particular side. And we see people do it all the time. People claim God for their political view. They claim God for um, their artistic expression or their whatever, their, mm -hmm. their actions, their wars. And this is a, this is a way of taking God's name in vain. It's, it is. it's they, wrong. They claim God <laughs> in the way they abuse and you know harm mm -hmm. others absolutely uh, and they go well I, you know this is what god wanted me to do and, and churches do it too right mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. god told me we need to build this new building well did yep. god tell you that or is that just something you want to do exactly that's what this reminds me of and goodness the way we oh man people <laughs> are made in god's image and we <laughs> need to treat them as such and so I think it's not an accident that we see a connection between the way people will misuse God's name and misuse sort of God's um, voice. And they'll also misuse these celebrities and misuse people because they're being used as objects and as um, kind of pawns in this culture war instead of as human beings. So. Right. Uh, you know, every person should be an end in and of himself or herself you don't use people to get to an end you see the value the intrinsic value in the person for who they are and um i think of you know the idea of again you know like well god told me to do this that's sort of like the major like you know like well, what what can you say against that right like like mm -hmm, well if god mm -hmm. told you i guess we have to just go with it 
uh, you know, there's there's no way to to really argue that unless you're going to be like me and say, well, did God really tell you that? <laughs> um, right. But uh, I think that this idea of, you know, also using people as pawns, you know, and this idea of being created in God's image, um, you know, so people want to champion Jeffrey Dahmer. But then it's like, well, what about the people he killed who were also created in God's image? Mm-hmm. And we have to keep in mind that, um, you know, there, with regard to celebrities and whatnot, um, they are people. And they, again, they have good and bad characteristics, but they need discipleship. They need mentorship. And instead of being flung onto the stage and, oh, look at what God did, you know, with this person, when you're really just trying to get people pointed at this person mm-hmm. more than God, um, mm-hmm. you know, you, you can say, hey, you know, let me take you under my wing and help you. Um, so this makes me think of Justin Bieber, right? Um, I think Bieber is genuinely a believer, uh, but he was taken under wing by a pastor at a large mega church. And that pastor, uh, a few years ago now, it was it was learned that even though he was kind of like the face of the congregation and they had really championed him, he ended up having several affairs on his wife. And mm. so he's come under, I mean, he was fired, the church let him go. Um, and, uh, but, but again, you know, he sort of, he, because he was at a mega church, he had access to some celebrities. And it seems like from what's been sort of done is study on him after the fact is that he ended up using celebrities to make himself a more famous celebrity pastor. Mm. And so I saw people critiquing his outfits on Twitter. And the the reason they were critiquing his outfits is they were going, that sweater he's wearing is $700. Those shoes Uh are $2,000. Yeah. We really want to promote a pastor who is, you know, wearing a $15,000 outfit that's more expensive Mm. than the car that a lot of Christians are driving, you know? Mm. And so, um, I think it's, it's not even just, you know, that we, we don't want to promote the celebrity, but it's also as pastor, we don't want to make our pastor celebrities or empower pastors to try to make themselves celebrities where it sort of becomes more about them and what they're doing, even than about the ministry itself. Absolutely. I mean, I don't want to say that Christians can't or shouldn't be famous, but there is a conflict of interest between what it takes to become a mega celebrity and what it takes to live as Jesus lived and the way he instructed us to live. And so, I I mean, I, I don't, I don't want to just say, no, you can't be well known or have money and still be a Christian, but you really have to watch yourself for the motivation um, and for the temptations that are inherent in a life that is so public and is so controlled by um, money. <laughs> that that by can money really, and media. yeah, and uh, media, you know, yeah. Because if you slip up, they're going to put all kinds of headlines up, mm-hmm. and you're going to have no control over that, and it's going to be spun, however they think is going to get the most ratings. And Jesus, of course, you know, he invested in, in his 12 disciples and in his circle of people who he knew in his small town. Um, He, he was no celebrity. Um, And there's a lot that we can learn through the humble and quiet life of Christ. Well, and even when there were crowds of thousands of people around him, we see him getting away 
to take time to pray. We see him getting away to um, spend time with God and to get spiritual nourishment. I mean, we see Christ also leaving the crowds to continue investing in the small groups. And in everything that Jesus does, there's humility. Mm. And I think when we want to make our ministry or our church or whatever else more about lifting us up and making us famous, the humility goes right out the door. Mm. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, you know, when you're in a position of uh, public view, if you will, as a pastor, I think it's easy to struggle with pride and uh, sort of become vain. Yeah. Uh, but you've really got to guard against that and ensure that you're doing everything in your power uh, and in prayer to keep yourself, um, you know, humble, uh, always, you know, pointing people to Christ through you, not so much um, because of you, if you will. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, I think that this principle of humility can really point us toward how to approach some of these situations with celebrities. Um, I think about the discussion we're having around Jeffrey Dahmer and his victims and the need for justice for his victims. And I think, um, I, I do think that one thing we see in Jesus's ministry is he continually lifts up the marginalized and the downtrodden and the ones who have been hurt the most in society. And so it's not at all to say that Jeffrey Dahmer could not be saved, but if we're going to make a point of, I guess, sort of being publicly on the side of someone, it's perhaps, and I'm just, I'm just speculating here, but it's perhaps more Christ-like to lift up the the victims, to to be on their side, to take the side of the the humbled and the downtrodden, and to work for justice for them. Um, but that's I completely a, agree. A, yeah. um, I, I think that with regard to um, just again this whole idea of. Uh, celebrity stuff in Christianity, you know, when, when we speculate about someone's salvation, that's exactly what we're doing. We're speculating, you know, only God knows the heart. And so we can want someone to be saved. We can never really know. And sometimes Christians are too easily duped. And so I think of, um, oh, I cannot think of her name, but the real lady behind Roe v. Wade. And after Roe v. Wade was made law, um, she had said that she had become a Christian and that she no longer supported abortion. And she Mm -hmm. went around and spoke and spoke and spoke at all kinds of pro-life rallies. And then shortly before her death, she said, I never became a Christian. You guys gave me money and attention. And so I played it up, played into it. I recant everything I said. And then when she died, uh, it was just kind of like, oh, and it was kind of like a, it was like a one last gotcha to, to all the people that were pro-life that uh, she was kind of like, I fooled you all. Mm. And, um, you know, when a celebrity like Kanye West says, I've become a Christian, and then you champion them, inevitably, they're going to do something down the road that's not very Christ-like, like, you know, Kanye's anti-Semitism, right? Um, right. I and mean, there's nothing biblical or Christ-like about that. 
Nope. And, and, you know, maybe he just needs some correcting. That's fine. But um, he definitely needs the correcting, uh, whether, whether he's actually a Christian or not, he needs the correcting on that. But uh, then you also have celebrity pastors who uh, it, you know, comes to light later in life that they were abusing people. And you oftentimes see churches defend their pastors and people defend those in ministry. Um, Ravi Zacharias was mm -hmm. a brilliant man. He wrote some really great books and some really wonderful stuff. And if he would have lived what he preached, uh, we wouldn't be having his name brought up in this conversation right now. Right. But it was documented that he told people, if you go public about what I've done to you, it'll do more damage to the gospel than what I'm doing to you because of my celebrity mm -hmm. status as a leader. And I mean, what a horrible, horrible way to take advantage of people. And I, like, I can't even wrap my mind around where someone would get the nerve to even say something like that to somebody else. And uh, you see all these pastors that, that have these moral shortcomings and the churches often defend them, you know, well, that's my pastor, you know, these people are liars. And then they end up victim shaming and other stuff. And again, you miss out on the justice for the victims. Absolutely. Um, so uh, you started off early on in this conversation talking about wrestling, and it made yeah. me think about this. Um, I read this post this week. It was by, uh, or last week, it was by Gregory Allen uh, Thornberry. Is that his last name? He he wrote an autobi or a, a biography of Larry Norman is why I know him. But he Ooh, wrote this mm -hmm. post. He wrote this post comparing sort of um, public facing Christianity to the need in wrestling to maintain the um, facade of the storyline. And so he he was talking about a lot of the 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 um Chris, the the politicians who are Christians who are taking really hard stances. Uh, politically hard stances um, because they uh, they view it as uh, basically keeping the the facade up or the or I, I guess facade is the wrong word the but they're trying to the front for, yes thank you like the front of we're in this together Christians are in this together and we don't want to show any division we need to have a, a face that looks unified and so if you are opposed to this political candidate or if you are opposed to this particular um, political stance then you're going to hurt Christianity so what you said about Ravi Zacharias is it really resonated with me that part of what was able to keep um, him in a, a position of power and hiding these abuses um, is that people really believed that you have to maintain this public facing front that says we are totally unified. And so anyway, it, in this article um, by Gregory Allen Thornberry, there was this uh, comparison to the ways in which in professional wrestling, you have to maintain the illusion of like, um, there are these good guys and there's these bad guys and you have to keep this, your story straight and you have to kind of pretend that the things that they're doing in the ring are really happening and all of that. Um, and so it just comes back to this idea that in Christianity, um, in our culture, uh, that that it's conceived as this wrestling match. It's conceived as a, as a battle, um, as a war. And if you show any kind of weakness, you're seen as losing or you're seen as giving into the other side. 
And I think Christians are so, you, you use the phrase easily duped. I think we can be so easily duped because we mistake those outer wins, which are shown by celebrity and the, 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 the public accolades. We mistake those outer wins for true wins, but mm -hmm. really they're just part of that kind of facade that we have to keep to make it appear as if Christianity is um, sort of culturally prominent. And my goodness, None of that is the way that Jesus taught his disciples to kind of measure, I don't want to use the word success, but I can't think of a better term, <laughs> to measure the effectiveness of their faith or the effectiveness of their, of their ministry or of their, the, the, the measuring point that he gave us was love. And it's always been love, That's our right. love for our love for one another. And um, he points to humility. So I know we I, I feel like in these conversations, we keep going back to the same idea that we need to love one another, that we need to walk humbly. Um, and so maybe <laughs> you'll get tired of hearing me say that, but it just comes back to it so often. And instead, we become so easily duped, so easily tricked by the measures of success in the world, like celebrity. Mm -hmm. That's right. Uh, you know, you'll hear people say, you know, well, if this person would become a Christian, think of what that would do for the kingdom of God. Mm. And it's like, well, you know, why, why do you need that person to become a Christian for God's kingdom to be proliferated? God right. has a history of using ordinary people to accomplish his will. Mm. And, um, it's not about the celebrities. It's about Christ. Again, it always has to go back to being Christocentric, Christ-focused. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I think, you know, I guess my, I guess sort of main goal or point here today in this podcast is that we shouldn't presume to know people's hearts. And when someone becomes a Christian, that's great. We have to remember that no matter who they are, your next door neighbor, the mailman, this professional wrestler, this musician, this serial killer, whatever, they become a Christian because of God's work on their heart. Mm. And they've had seeds planted, but it is always in every time God, who is the one who brings about the salvation. And as such, it doesn't matter who you are if you become a Christian uh, you may plant some seeds and, you know, being a well-known person, maybe that's great that you have an opportunity to plant seeds, but people aren't becoming a Christian because of you. They're still becoming a Christian because God is the one who has led them to belief. Mm -hmm. And in all circumstances, we need to be focused on, uh, well, let me back that up. It's not about, you know, um, this person or that person becoming a Christian, uh, it's about, you know, Christ leading us to salvation. And when Christ leads us to salvation, he calls us then to, uh, you know, it says in scripture that true religion is, uh, you know, taking up for the orphan and the mm. widow and the poor, uh, yeah. the marginalized, as you said a minute ago. And uh, that has a lot to do with justice. And so as Christians, we should all be about um, seeing, you know, be about seeing justice in our world and justice 
doesn't typically come from lifting up the celebrity. Mm. Justice comes from shedding light onto the things that are happening for those who don't really have a platform or a voice mm. or a stage or any other thing that would have them seen, recognized, and noticed. But they need to be noticed, not for celebrity status, but they need to be noticed so that they can get the help that they need to receive the justice they need in the situation they're in. You said that really well. I couldn't say it better. And um, as it regards to circle back, as it regards uh, Jeffrey Dahmer, <laughs> um, I hope that at the end, at the end of days, I hope that we will all be surprised and amazed by the uh, the glorious depths of God's grace and. I'm not going to pretend to know what that means or what it looks like. Certainly not going to presume to know what Jeffrey Dahmer's heart is like. But um, I am clinging to the hope that uh, the love of God and the grace of God is deeper and wider than we can imagine. Yeah. And, you know, I think that uh, in all honesty, I think that it is because God is beyond our complete comprehension. Mm -hmm. And we can know enough about God to find salvation in him and we know as much about him as he has revealed to us but there is always more to him than he has revealed yep and because of that uh, we place all things in his hands and we trust him with all people and uh, we do what we can to bring about justice now but our hope is that in renewing all things and making all things new god is bringing about the ultimate justice uh, but that will not be realized until we are in his presence in the eternal state. Absolutely. Well, this has been really interesting and really kind of fun to think about. I, I have to say, I've never thought this deeply about the consequences of, of Christians kind of adopting celebrities publicly. Yeah. So that's promoting, really interesting. Yeah, adopting yeah. and promoting them. Yeah. So, I mean, you hear all the time about, you know, and on, this is, I guess, maybe on a lower level, but you hear all the time about, you know, churches having like this football player come and speak, who's a Christian, who's a football player. And oh, sure. Again, yeah. I think, I think there's, you know, some good in that, but if they're just using that person uh, or, you know, making that person a commodity, we, we got to ask, you know, is, is the church's heart really in the right place with this? Mm. And sometimes it is. Uh, and sometimes they're not trying to use the person, but there's a temptation there. We're going to use this person to do what we want to do in our community. Yep. Whereas it should be because of what we're doing in our community, this person has an opportunity to be with us. And then we can uh, minister to them as they minister to us. And there's this mutual respect. Uh, and so, again, I don't think there's anything wrong with having a celebrity necessarily speak at your church, but you have to make sure that your church's heart is in the right place with it. And you have to make sure that all parties are being treated as they should in the process. We don't use people as mm. churches. We shouldn't be about the business of using people because that uh, is not justice. Mm. And no, it's not. So we have to, you know, as always continually ask ourselves, you know, are the intentions of my heart pure? And if they're not, then that's when we get to go spend some time with the Lord in prayer, asking him to uh, make them that way. <laughs> so. That's good. That's a good word, Scott.
Well, those of you guys who are listening, thank you. As always, uh, we appreciate your, your listening and sort of joining us on the conversation. And we will see you again next time on the Faith and Culture Now podcast.